Here it is. From deep inside your audio device of choice. This is an apple. We report to you about the apple every day. And it's still an apple. But there are many other fruits in the world. Some you're familiar with. Some you've never even heard of. There are even vegetables. We could report on those too. Or we could just keep telling you the apple is still here. Ladies and gentlemen, that uh, may remind you of a promotional campaign for one of our uh, fine news networks. And uh, this week, it turns out, the apple was a memo. The memo was an apple. Uh, not much to say about it except that the, the talking points, one thing that the memo didn't change when it was released was the talking points on both sides. So it couldn't have been that earth-shaking, or it must have been the most earth-shaking. But whatever, the, the talking points remained standing. It didn't challenge those. Those, at least, we can rely on. But um, this program is, in a sense, about the other fruits and vegetables in the world. But just one note here at the top, tangentially related to the apple. One of the people who's been trotted out most uh, consistently to uh, attest to the nature and scope of the apple is former CIA director and former Obama counterterrorism director, John Brennan. He's got a new gig. He's senior, NBC senior security analyst, which I, the senior part means, I guess, the desk is an inch bigger than the security analyst's desk, or he's got a window. And he's on Meet the Press this weekend to... Um, Again, talking in dark terms about the apple. And it, 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 we would require, to quote a, uh, a movie I'm familiar with, well, almost quote it, to misquote it, too much bloody perspective to remember that it was just four years ago that John Brennan, then the uh, head of the CIA, I believe at the time, lied to the Senate, to the Senate Intelligence Committee. He talked this, uh, this, on this on Meet the Press appearance about the wholesale violation of norms and protocols involved in the Nunez-led, Devin Nunez-led Republican majority on the, Senate, the House Intelligence Committee issuing this memo. Talk about n norms and protocols. What was John Brennan lying about four years ago? The CIA upset that the majority on the Senate Intelligence Committee, at that time Democrats, was preparing to issue a report on the secret torture regime of the CIA during the Bush administration, the CIA had broken into the computers of members of the staff of the Senate Intelligence Committee. And he, li he denied that that happened. And uh, several members of the Intelligence Committee, several Democrats, called for his resignation. Uh, when the uh, fight first happened, Dianne Feinstein, who was then chairman of the Intelligence Committee, said the CIA may have violated the U.S. Constitution. John Brennan, 
said her claims were, quote, beyond the scope of reason. So the, um, the nature of the rhetoric is not new. Just, uh, I guess, a friendly reminder that when John Brennan tells you it's an apple, it may turn out to be a road apple. Hello, welcome to the show. Congratulating New Orleans' own meters on winning Lifetime Achievement Award from the Recording Academy. I'm Harry Shearer, welcoming you to this edition of the show from New Orleans, from Carnival in New Orleans. And now, ladies and gentlemen, news from outside the bubble. You know about the situation in Myanmar, do you? where the Muslim minority, the Rohingya, 
have been systematically driven away from their homes, reportedly by the Myanmar army and Buddhist activists, think of it, over the border into uh, neighboring Bangladesh. Now, from the Brisbane Times in Australia, soldiers from Myanmar used acid to burn away the faces of slaughtered Rohingya Muslims so they couldn't be identified before the bodies were thrown into mass graves. Time-stamped cell phone videos obtained by the Associated Press of the graves show blue-green puddles of acid sludge surrounding corpses jutting into the air and missing both hands and torsos. Interviews with survivors who've reached Bangladesh confirm at least five previously unreported mass graves and details of a massacre in one village, Gudarpin. Villagers said they saw soldiers burying 12 containers of acid two days before the massacre, indicating that the attempt to cover it up was pre-planned. Well, somebody can plan something. The U.S. State Department said it was deeply, deeply troubled by the new evidence and called for the government in Myanmar to allow an independent investigation. That's going to happen. The United Nations Special Envoy on Human Rights in Myanmar said mounting evidence of atrocities in Rakhine province, the province where the Rohingya used to live but have been evicted from, bear, quote, the hallmarks of genocide. It's when you care enough to kill the very... No, sorry. Miss Lee reiterated calls for those responsible for the slaughter to be brought to justice. Miss Lee is uh, one of the villagers talking to the Associated Press. Said the uh, new Myanmar government, headed at least in a titular way by Aung, uh, Aung San Suu Kyi, has failed to usher in a new era of openness and transparency and is instead persisting with, represent, with sorry, repressive practices of the past. Myanmar's military has acknowledged the existence of only one mass grave in Rakhine, and the government denies any mass killings, rapes, and burnings, even though they've been documented in extensive testimonies gathered by UN human rights groups and media outlets in Europe and Australia. Doctors Without Borders say survey in Rohingya camps indicate as many as 13,000 people have been killed in Rakhine just since last August. Many of them, children. The uh, Australian government has described reports of violence there as disturbing, has refused to condemn the government or the military. AP said interviews with the survivors of the massacre in one village suggests up to 400 villagers were slaughtered in an attack by soldiers and Buddhist mobs, think of it, on August 27, and many more graves held more people. Soldiers wielded rifles, knives, rocket launchers, and grenades, as well as shovels to dig graves and acid to burn away faces, according to the survivors. More than 688,000 Rohingya have fled their homelands in Rakhine since August, creating a humanitarian emergency in the Bangladesh camps. They're denied citizenship and other basic rights in Myanmar, despite having lived there for centuries. But, you know, the memo. News of outside the bu- from outside the bubble, ladies and gentlemen, a copyright feature of this broadcast. How's that F-35, our new super uh, jet thing, going? They're running so many different versions of their core software that a U.S. government watchdog has warned of knock-on delays to flight tests. That's according to the British tech journal The Register. Core software aboard the jet is in such a state of disarray with aircraft at different U.S. bases running different versions of it that the Department of Operational Test and Evaluation, the DOT, 
said planned future releases were being stripped of new features so developers could address the thousands of bug reports filed by pilots and engineers. The, uh, they just keep, you know, updating it. Much like, yeah, I know. Uh, trials identified that the uh, missile, which the Royal Air Force and Royal Navy intend to use as the main air-to-air weapon on the F-35B, cannot currently be used to its full potential. After six test firings in simulated combat scenarios, test pilots identified, quote, key technical deficiencies in the ability of the F-35 to employ the weapon that they're supposed to fire with the thing. The precise nature of the deficiencies was, of course, classified. Even the jet's inability to communicate with its unique portable memory devices, not USB sticks, at a reasonable speed caused, pro- caused problems, with DOTE reporting pilots frequently chose to manually enter mission planning data in the cockpit versus using the off-board mission support workstation due to the excessive time required to transfer the data from the portable memory device to the aircraft. There have been efforts to speed this up with updated transfer advices, uh, devices, says DOTE. Portable memory device loading still takes too long and is often problematic. Sounds like iTunes. In case that doesn't make you feel safe enough, a $30 million missile touted as a possible second layer of defense for Hawaii from North Korean threats reportedly failed in its first ever flight from Kauai late uh, January, end of January, when it did not intercept a target representing an intermediate-range ballistic missile, which would be the thing that it would be designed to do, you see, is to intercept the missile. It didn't intercept. Um... The um, Pentagon is not publicly revealing the failure. This is reported by the Honolulu Star Advertiser. Because of possible ramifications with North Korea tensions, as well as concern for the upcoming Olympic Games. Yeah, you don't admit a failure because you don't want to spoil the vibe of the Olympics. According to CNN, the target missile was launched by an aircraft. The missile has now a record of one intercept in three tries off Kauai. One in three is good, right? For a for a uh, left-hand batting outfielder. That would be a good batting average, don't you think? Yeah, me too. Um, Now, ladies and gentlemen, we switch gears, if there were gears, to bring you, uh, just days before the Winter Olympics, news of the Olympic Games. I'm sorry, I meant... News of the Olympics. Produced by Jim Ebersole, Jr. The price tag... Are you sitting down? The price tag for the 2020 Tokyo Olympics has gone up despite attempts to rein in the spending. There's rain in the spending? Wow. Oh, I see. Over the last year, organizers have shifted several venues away from central Tokyo and have looked for existing facilities instead of building new ones. However, in the last week, Tokyo's governor, Yuriko Koike, has explained the city will need to more than double the billions it's already budgeting to stage the games. The IOC contests this, saying the city's added cost are for many projects that would have been done with or without the Olympics. In December, Tokyo Olympic organizers said the games would cost I've got the figure right here. Right here. 
almost uh, about $12.4 billion. In a news conference, though, Kowicki said the city would spend an added uh, $7.5 billion, bringing the total games-related spending to roughly $20 billion. The IOC called the new expenses regular administrative costs for the city that fall outside the overall games budget. But Kowicki contradicted their position. She said the new costs were for projects directly and indirectly related to the games, including building barrier-free facilities for Paralympic athletes. Well, you've got to have that anyway. Training programs for volunteers, ditto, and advertising and tourism plans. And uh, you probably heard this already, but just in case, 28 Russian athletes, Russians, look out, uh, had their Olympic doping bans overturned this week, throwing the International Olympic Committee's policy on Russian doping into turmoil. The Court for Arbitration of Sport. Why don't they have a daytime TV show? Ruled on this week that evidence was insufficient that, th- that the 28, including several medalists, had broken anti-doping rules at the Sochi Winter Olympics. Oh, man, Sochi. Such memories. The 28 who had their bands lifted could now seek late entry into the Pyeongchang Games, which open this Friday. Eleven more were ruled who have been guilty of doping, but had lifetime bans cut to a ban from these games alone. The evidence put forward by the o- IOC in relation to this matter did not have the same weight in each individual case, said the court. The IOC has already invited 169 Russians to the Pyeongchang Olympics under a neutral flag. Why don't we all perform under a neutral flag? How about that? They now may be forced to allow in athletes it deems dopers eight days before the games begin. It wasn't immediately clear how many of the 28 Russians would now seek to compete. Some have already retired from competitive sports. Well, that's one way to get rid of them. The Olympics, it's a movement, and we all need one every day. And now, news of bad banks. Well, one of the worst. One of the best bad banks, let's put it that way, as you know, as well as Fargo. This week, you could hear the sound of the wrist being slapped all the way from Washington to San Francisco. The Federal Reserve imposed more penalties on Wells Fargo, freezing the bank's growth. Ouch! Well, I, my dermatologist does. Oh, until it can prove it has improved its internal controls. In addition, the bank agreed to replace four board members. The San Francisco bank has had its reputation tarnished by revelations it opened phony customer accounts and sold auto insurance to customers who didn't need it. Yeah, that can tarnish the old reputation, can it? That calls for some reputation management. This was uh, outgoing Fed Chair Janet Yellen's last day. That's when she decided to do this. Never too late. We cannot tolerate pervasive and persistent misconduct misconduct at any bank, Yellen said in a statement, ignoring the persistent and pervasive misconduct at all the other banks. The enforcement action, not not the little banks, the enforcement action we're taking today will ensure that Wells Fargo will not expand until it's able to do so safely and with the protections needed to manage all of its risks and protect its customers. Uh, Wells Fargo stock, stock fell more than 
We take this order seriously, said CEO Timothy Sloan, laughing up his sleeve privately. The company has agreed to replace three directors by April and another one by year end. It didn't specify which board members would be affected. Would be, oh, to be a fly on the wall in that meeting. Well, who wants to? You? No, you're good. Ladies and gentlemen, we know, I've shared with you on this show many's the time, the instances in which taxpayers, in their uh, role as ratepayers, you put on your ratepayer hat and you uh, are paying your electric utility for the cost of building nuclear power plants that never, in fact, got built. can kind of be seen as kind of a subsidy for the nuclear power industry. It's not the only one that benefits from such subsidies. This from the uh, from CalMatters.org. Three years ago, an oil pipeline ruptured in Santa Barbara County, coating seven miles of beaches with crude oil, killing dolphins, birds, and sea lions. Area parks and fisheries have reopened, but the pipeline is not. The company that owns it is under criminal indictment. But guess who's going to be paying to um, take away the pipeline? The, the uh, rig, sorry. State lawmakers are considering an unprecedented request to spend more than $100 million in taxpayer money to dismantle two offshore oil drilling facilities, a platform connected to the ruptured pipeline, and a man-made island in Ventura County because the oil companies that were leasing the sites went bankrupt last year. Just because they decided to walk away doesn't mean that we can walk away, said a state senator. And by we, she means us. The state is holding the bag. Oil companies accept responsibility to plug wells and return the ocean to its natural state when they enter into leases with the state to drill. The current proposal for taxpayers to foot the bill illustrates what happens when the companies can't do it. Just for too much bloody perspective, petroleum companies, when they entered into contracts with the state of Louisiana to build pipelines and dig canals across the wetlands, to uh, service the oil platforms in the Gulf of Mexico, made similar promises to restore the wetlands to their previous condition when they no longer needed the canals and the pipelines. Their failure to do so was the reason behind the still pending lawsuit by the, uh, I think it's been taken over by other people, but uh, by the... uh, one of the levy boards in uh, Louisiana. So it's almost like you could say it's an oil company kind of thing to walk away from their responsibilities to clean up after themselves. Like, you know, like a three-year-old. News of the godly now. After coming under excruciating public criticism, Pope Francis, Francis the talking pope, decided this week to send the Vatican's most respected sex crimes expert. (laughs) Now, we would hate for the Vatican to send one of its less respected sex crimes experts, wouldn't we? No, this is the most respected sex crime expert in the Vatican, to Chile to investigate a bishop accused by victims of covering up for the country's most notorious pedophile priest. The Vatican said Maltese Archbishop Charles C- no, my Cicluna would travel to Chile to listen to those who expressed the desire to provide elements, <laughs> that's the Vatican's word, about the case of the bishop. The move marks the first known time the Vatican has launched a full-blown investigation into allegations of sex abuse cover-up, and it comes after Francis was harshly criticized by the media, survivors of abuse, his fellow Jesuits, and some of his top advisors 
for his unwavering defense of Bishop Juan Barros. You may recall uh, a few weeks ago we reported, we, we I didn't report, I repeated somebody's reporting, that the Pope had called critics of his decision to defend the bishop, quote, dumb. The controversy dominated France's just ended trip to Chile and Peru and exposed what uh, some consider his blind spot about clerical sex abuse. Even the head of his abuse advisory panel, they got one of those. That's pro- Cardinal Sean O'Malley of Boston. He publicly rebuked the Pope for his dismissive treatment of victims and tried to set him straight. That's what we need, ladies and gentlemen. A straight Pope.
from New Orleans, Louisiana. I'm Harry Shearer. This is the show. Continuing on now with news of the smart world we're living in and, and going to be living in more and more. This from Forbes. And no, I didn't have it rolled up and used to spank me earlier. That's it's just it just looks that way. Once the Internet of Things is more fully deployed in commerce, like it's, it, this is just the, the tip of the iceberg we're experiencing now. Hello, Alexa. It will be feasible for brands to anticipate the consumer need and fulfill it without requiring the consumer to take any conscious action. No reason for you to be conscious at all, really. While automated purchases are positive for companies, since subscriptions generate recurring revenue streams, it also means brands currently on the outside looking in will have fewer opportunities upon which to influence a consumer's purchase decision and engender a lifetime of loyalty. The forthcoming era of machine-aided commerce, it all sounds so good, doesn't it? Will change the way consumers browse in some category, some categories, leading them to bypass many of the steps in the traditional marketing funnel. Why you, you wouldn't want to be spanked with a magazine that writes like this? I don't understand that. Leading them to bypass many of the steps in the traditional marketing funnel, including common stops like awareness, interest, and consideration. There's your funnel right there. Purchases made for replenishment products in the future may have no marketing funnel at all. No funnel at all? Who wants to live in that kind of a world? For brands that will be more impacted by this coming era of passive commerce, <laughs> it all sounds so good. Passive commerce. Just send it to me. The challenge will be how to create moments of continued brand engagement in categories where consumers have removed themselves from the purchase debate altogether. You removed yourself by ha having Alexa in your house. You did that. They didn't do it to you. But wait, there's more from MIT's technology review. Since December, security researchers have been tracking a piece of malware called Satori, which hijacks Internet-connected devices. You knew this was coming. You knew this was happening. And yet, you bought one or more because it's so convenient. These, uh, the uh, Satori turns these Internet-connected devices into zombies. Well, we all like zombies. I think, that can be remotely controlled in unison. I'd rather have Harmony, but okay, unison's good. The number of devices in its thrall is still small, but whoever's behind it is working quickly to tweak its design, hoping to build a powerful army of machines that can be summoned to pump out masses of email spam, incap incapacitate corporate websites, or even bring down large chunks of the Internet itself. Did you know the Internet came in chunks? Mm. Satori has dark origins, some of its source code, appears to be the same as that of Mirai, a notorious botnet of a couple of years ago that used hundreds of thousands of compromised web-connected devices. Your light bulbs, your cameras, your, uh, remember from last week, your plugs, uh, to send out a flood of data traffic that overwhelmed some key Internet infrastructure in America, taking down the sites of a number of prominent companies for a little bit. Their creation of the, the authors of Mirai have clearly inspired others to follow in their footsteps. It's been evolving quickly, has Satori. began by targeting routers in Latin America and Egypt. 
latest version targets software associated with ARC processors, which provide the silicon brains for a wide range of Internet of Things devices, including some smart thermostats, smart TVs, and car infotainment systems. After finding a weak point in the device's defenses, Satori probes to see if the owner has kept default passwords. Have you changed the passwords on your internet-connected light bulbs yet? Might be a project for this weekend, don't you think? If it succeeds, it then looks for other devices on the network and tries to infect them too. The botnet currently comprises about 40,000 devices, but the author of the malware, says a security strategist, is, quote, pretty disciplined in identifying new tactics and techniques to compromise machines. And because we haven't reached peak absurdity yet in the smart world all around us, the uh, computer and technology firm Acer, remember them, is uh, still around. They're set to launch a new product, Buddhist prayer beads that automatically count the number of times a mantra is recited and transfer merits to a social media platform. Well, this should calm down things in Myanmar, don't you think? It's reported the Buddhist beads have already received tens of thousands of orders even before the official launch. The smart product looks just like traditional Buddhist prayer beads, except that one of the beads has an embedded chip, just like we'll all have, which can connect with the user's smartphone and show the number of times a mantra is recited on the mobile app. That would help users concentrate on the mantra rather than be distracted by the task of counting the number of times the mantra is recited. Also, the app has a function to transfer merits to friends and family members, enabling the user to use the social network to share the love of Buddha. Buddhism is the most popular religion in Taiwan. Major Buddhist groups have all adopted modern management systems and have set up dedicated teams to manage their official websites and social media platforms. The smart Buddhist beads, you'll be glad to know, also come with financial technology functions. They call it fintech for electronic payments. You can pay through your beads. Pray while you pay. Facilitating donations and offering discounts at certain shops and restaurants in the Buddhist community. Put that in your mantra and smoke it. This is reported by the Hong Kong Economic Journal. Because, ladies and gentlemen, it's a smart, smart, smart world. Now, the uh, the memo came out. Speaking of the memo for a minute. And uh, as I say, everybody's uh, gone to their respective corners. And uh, there was uh, reporting also in the last few days that uh, contrary to uh, previous denials, (laughs) President Trump uh, had at one point ordered the firing of, um, I believe it was Mueller or Rosenstein, either Mueller, the uh, head of the the special counsel, or Rosenstein who appointed him, and he was dissuaded by uh, his chief of staff, John Kelly. And um, it's apparently not the first time something like that has happened in this White House. And apparently, uh, there's some there's some institutional memory for that as well. I, I discovered that when I uh, un- received and uh, unwrapped and um, discovered this uh, latest tape that uh, the Nixon people are making up in heaven. Uh, I, I came as soon as well, I called him, but it took you so long. It's not as though there's a no, no, I was, I was just hard busted uh, stoplight. No, 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 I, I, uh, you know, there were a few things I had to handle over at uh, Cloud One. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, 
You see, that's the thing. They never told us it was going to be this much damn bureaucracy up here. Well, well, to be to be fair, they didn't tell us much. I mean, that uh, that, that turned out to be true. Right, right. No, I know, I know, no, all the Bible stuff, mm-hmm. of course, for which I still have the greatest respect. Sure. Well, anyway, all cleared up. You can uh, continue to contact folks down below, but uh, uh, just not to engage in any. Uh, so-called dirty tricks. Uh, well, I, uh, you know, I don't want to wallow in this. No, or anything, but uh, no. you know what? The health business is theirs. What? Well, <laughs> it is their place. Yeah. I mean, I presume at the other place there's an even stricter set of uh, well, of course, that's but uh, that's what you'd expect down there. Yes. You know, just a kind of a cross between the IRS and the DMV that goes on throughout eternity. Yep. Yep. I just didn't. Uh, well, it's it's all resolved. Mm-hmm. So. Well, as you know, I mean, uh, you sit up here. Sure. Not that much to do. Or... Especially after the thing. Yeah, yeah, we especially now. And you just start stewing on things, you say. You know what I'm talking about. Well, I have my needlepoint that tends to oh, occupy. Oh, don't remind me. I worry about you all. <laughs> Fine, sir. No. Better than no, I am I'm, I'm worried about you getting soft up here. <laughs> this place can do that to you. Well. Just to take an example. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Hoover lately? No, I no, I ran into him more recently than I could disclose. Mm-hmm. And uh, the subject of Dr. King came up, you see. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I, I asked him if he had any more of his Martin Luther King tapes sure, and so sure, forth. And sure. the man just played me a tape of the I Have a Dream speech. Well, that no. It's soft, damn it. They got to Hoover. That's what they do to you, see. Mm-hmm. They get you up here. And they try to turn you. Yep. Yeah, I mean that's just that's just their way. And of course, yeah, you know they're entitled to it. Sure, sure. Now, this Trump fella, well, hanging in there, it seems. No, I know, but seems uh, to uh, hmm? seems to make a lot of his own trouble with his uh, twittering with the tweets. I mean, well, I mean if you're as good mm-hmm. and tough and steady with the press, sure. See, mm-hmm. then of course the press conference is the way to do. It. Oh yeah, because uh, of course all the networks are there. Well, the networks see. <laughs> Seem to have lost a lot of their relevance, though. If you no, I know, but the uh, figures year to year. Are, oh, of course, well, as they should be. Mm-hmm. But the point I make is this: he's got all these fine plans. I mean, you know, yeah, of course, yeah. You fire the prosecutor. Anybody who comes in afterwards is going to know what's what. Well, they're not going to be so heedless about presidential prerogative. Not going to go out pontificating to the Washington Post about this rule of law stuff. No. no. No, 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 no. But uh, then the damn prosecutor doesn't get fired. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? Sure. And there's a pattern here where he has some good, tough ideas, you know. Get rid of the EPA. Well, of course, you signed it into law when you... No, I know, but uh, it was just supposed to be some little rump agency turning out papers nobody read. Well, and, uh, there were some teeth in the original law. All right. Let's say there were. Mm-hmm. My point is the EPA is still there. Sure. So what's the Trump fellow's problem? I mean, has he gone soft too? Well, I think he was always a little... Uh, see, the... see, he talks a good game. Mm-hmm. So what is it, the staff? Are they just sabotaging the man at every turn? Well, sabotage is probably an overly strong characterization. See, if I didn't know better, mm-hmm. I'd say the staff is hearing him order these things and going around and behind his back and pulling the plug on the whole deal. But, you know, 
I've never heard of anything like that in the previous administrations. But I mean, have you? Nothing comes to mind at the moment, no. I mean, say, President. No, I, I know what you mean. Issues a direct order. Right. Issues a direct order. And his underlings, maybe even his chief underling, you know, this general fellow. Sure. Disregard or undo it. That's, uh, that's not how we. Well, I think it's possible that this is just an amateurish kind of staff which doesn't uh, take very good notes, that kind of thing. I mean, I, I know I ordered a uh, firebombing or two. Mm -hmm. I didn't check on them officially, so maybe they did happen. Of course, I was more occupied with achieving peace in the world, that sort of thing. Well, every order you gave was carried out in the uh, most appropriate way. Well, and here's the peculiar part of, mm -hmm. of all this. And of course, luck and so forth is a factor. Sure. Nobody knows who's going to die, when, and so forth. Sure. But instead of getting some of our operations people, your people, the people who could get a firebombing done, mm -hmm. who could get a psychiatrist's office ransacked, mm -hmm. who could get wiretaps on a whole damn bunch of them. Sure. No. The only one of our people Mr. Trump has in his circle is, of all people, Henry. Hmm. I mean, He's still alive, of course. That's well, I know, but uh, Henry doesn't want to get tough on China. Oh, I know, but uh, I mean, uh, China's his damn meal ticket, for Christ's sake. Sure, sure. See, this, this Trump fella has a knack for choosing the kind of people who double-cross you right out of the gate. It's kind of a Greek. I'll tell you something, Alderman. Kissinger's one tough old son of a bitch. Oh, yeah. Get no that is, that is to say. When we're all gone, by which I mean gone as a species from the earth, hmm. and the cockroaches are running the place. Which could No, I'm saying when that happens, okay. when that happens, Henry will be advising the cockroaches. I think he's probably reaching a shelf life problem there. Hmm. Maybe so. So, Alderman, yes. I know you're rummaging around in uh, all of your papers for some kind of posthumous memoir. <laughs> well, there have been some very persuasive nibbles from. No, I'm sure there have. Mm -hmm. If you ever come across any reports documenting those uh, fire bombings that I ordered actually taking place, if I find any of that stuff, mm -hmm. admittedly the filing system is not up to snuff. And, and second, if. Yeah. If they get the printer on this cloud fixed, you'll have it on your... I don't have a desk here. Just... Well, I'll get it over to you. Okay.
Now, ladies and gentlemen, clean, safe, too cheap to meet. Save, cheap, too cheap to meet. Cheap, save, too safe to meet. Save, save, too safe to meet. Addy the Adam Split. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, the parent companies of. They're sorry, too. The parent companies of two major southeast utilities in the southeast of the United States, that is, have pulled out of the leading trade group that advocates for grants and tax breaks, tax breaks for nuclear power plants. They were getting tax breaks. Imagine that. A spokesman for the Nuclear Energy Institute confirmed that Entergy and Next Era Energy have decided not to renew their memberships with the trade group. The latest sign of nuclear energy's Murky future, says Southeast Energy News, as costs to safely operate, oh, safely now, uh, reactors continue to rise and new types of reactors are met with growing skepticism about their ability to compete with natural gas, solar and wind. Compete with solar and wind now, you see. We're disappointed by the decision, but remain committed to our role as the voice for the nuclear industry, said John Keeley. I think the voice needs a lozenge. France is advancing with plans to uh, close the Fessenheim nuclear power plant. It's in France, but it's called Fessenheim because it's on the border with Germany. The French environment minister said concerns about job losses can be addressed through opportunities in Germany. Go over there. Want a job? Go over there. The French environment minister said the controversial nuclear power plant would close the end of this year. It will close said uh, Sebastian Le Cornu. The German government has already made the decision to exit nuclear power. It's demanded the decommissioning of France's oldest nuclear power plant, which has experienced repeated safety-related shutdowns. It now turns out. Maybe we were just weren't paying attention. They uh, want to replace Fessenheim with a new high-pressure reactor in Flamanville, should be completed by the end of the year. Locals in Fessenheim are worried the plant's closure will hit jobs and the economy. But jobs! Last year, months before South Carolina's VC summer nuclear project went belly up, a senior Westinghouse executive reportedly was demoted and sent to Canada 
Canada after uh, he identified problems with a key contractor. That's according to a nuclear industry trade publication. As I say, this uh, gentleman was working for a uh, one of the major manufacturers of nuclear power plants, Westinghouse. You can be sure if it's Westinghouse. Well, not anymore. Not anymore. Nuclear Intelligence Weekly said in a recent report that Steve Hamilton, a senior vice president with Westinghouse, filed federal whistleblower claims amid with a trade publication described as a high-stakes corporate soap opera. You didn't know Westinghouse made soap, did you? I didn't either. The report adds to a growing body of allegations that Westinghouse ignored or hid early warning signs that nuclear projects were in trouble long before the problems were made public. Well, that's that's why you do keep them quiet, isn't it? So they don't get... I, this trouble has since morphed into a chain reaction of political and economic uncertainty. Monopolies are circling around South Carolina utilities. Ratepayers are on the hook for billions of dollars for a pair of unfinished reactors. Hamilton was a key player in Westinghouse's nuclear team, a senior vice president and chief quality officer in the company's Pennsylvania headquarters. But then Toshiba, which bought Westinghouse, reportedly directed Hamilton to investigate Westinghouse's purchase of its construction subsidiary, Stone and Webster. Hamilton reportedly brought in a team of independent forensic, exer- forensic experts to identify what went wrong with the Stone and Webster purchase and aftermath, but his report and findings were buried. Well, they'll be discovered by future generations, future civilizations, perhaps. The Chicago area has relied heavily on nuclear power. Billions will be needed to clean up the plants and return them to productive use. Will the money be there? Chicago-based Exelon, Exelon, the nation's largest nuclear generator and the owner of six stations, has been socking away a little over $20 million annually to clean up all of its U.S. nukes. At $13.3 billion at the end of last year, Exelon's nuke cleanup funds are collectively short by nearly $6 billion for what they'll eventually need under current estimates, which are only likely to rise, according to a recent report by San Francisco-based investment consultant Callan Associates. The company has time, 22 years, to let investment returns help close the gap, but with a shortfall topping all of the U.S. nuclear operators, Exelon's slight annual contribution raises questions about whether it's investing enough to ensure those plant sites are cleaned up in a timely manner after they close or whether that will be paid for by Mr. and Mrs. John Q. Taxpayer. And uh, Dateline Oak Harbor, Ohio, a first energy corporation executive, has confirmed that uh, the utility's Davis-Bessie nuclear plant is headed for a pre- premature closing. It's the future, and the future is just waving bye-bye. Clean, cheap, safe. Too futuristic to meet her. Our friend, the Adam. Now, quickly. He's not a general. Oh, yeah, news of Inspectors General. An exceptionally critical audit of the Department of Defense's scandal-plagued initiative to help rebuild Afghanistan reveals that hundreds of millions of dollars were wasted on failed strategic business and economic activities, and hundreds of millions more were blown on unwarranted, quote, indirect and support costs, unquote. It marks the latest in a multitude of reports documenting the U.S. government's multi-billion-dollar Afghanistan reconstruction adventure. This comes from the uh, Special Inspector General for Afghanistan Reconstruction, the SIGAR. 
reveals programs intended to reduce violence, enhance stability, and support economic normalcy in Afghanistan had a mere 22% success rate despite their $316.3 million price tag. We learned also that uh, at the end of last year, the Taliban now control 14% of the territory of Afghanistan. That's up 1% from the year before. And hours before, a Pentagon watchdog criticized the Defense Department for blocking the inclusion of unclassified information in that report. A U.S. military spokesman said the information had been withheld because of human error. The uh, special inspector general said he was unable to publish information on Afghan force strength or on the amount of territory that's held by the government, a tightening of secrecy protocols in the quarterly report. But Captain Tom Gressback, the Defense Department spokesman, says it wasn't the Pentagon's intention to withhold or classify the information. A human error in labeling occurred. The data is not classified. There's no intent to withhold it unnecessarily. That's uh, Gressback was the source of the information that 14% is controlled by the Taliban. 56% of Afghanistan's population lived in areas under government control. News of Inspector General, ladies and gentlemen, it's a copyrighted feature of this very broadcast. And finally, an apology of the week. The uh, police in London have apologized after a fragment of bone belonging to a victim of the Grenfell Tower Block fire. You may remember that fire last June that um, tore up through a uh, 20-story building as the cladding on the outside of the building just became uh, a fire trap, killing, I believe, at least 80 people inside. Uh, A bone belonging to a victim was found six months after his funeral in a washing machine after police sent his clothes for cleaning. The family of Mohammed Saber Neda, who jumped from the tower block, had been forced to hold a second funeral for him. Why didn't they check? Asked the, the uh, widow. The Metropolitan Police said an external cleaning company discovered the bone and the postmortem did not identify any part of his body was missing. They've apologized to the family and fully explained the process to them. Apology of the week, ladies and gentlemen. Copyrighted feature of this very broadcast. Uh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to conclude this week's edition of the show. The program returns next week at the same time over your your selected audio device. And it'd be just like trusting John Brennan and James Clapper to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. If you'd agree to join with me then, would you? All right. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. A tip of the show, chapeau to the San Diego, Pittsburgh, Chicago, and exile and Hawaii desks. Thanks as always to Pam Halstead, to Jenny Lawson, and to Thomas Walsh, and to Garrett. 
newly on board here at WWNO New Orleans for help with today's program. The email address for this broadcast or podcast, playlist of the music heard here on, which was all meters today, and uh, your chance to get Cars I Talk t-shirts for that Valentine, all at harryshare.com. And I'm, I'm on Twitter at the Harry Shearer. The show comes to you from Century of Progress Productions and originates through the facilities of WWNO New Orleans, flagship station of the Change is Easy Radio Network. So long from New Orleans.